0: New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo
2: quick pass. What is going on everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Indeed and Bet Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me today is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, you know what it is, Eric Crocker. I mean, I feel like this is a little bit condescending, but how you doing, man?
1: Well, oh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm packing my bags <laughs> and I'm just getting ready for next season. <laughs> my bags are packed. No, but seriously, um, I mean, obviously, like me personally, I'm fine. I'm, you know, I've been working on um, a whole business plan. Well, I've had my business plan for a few years to open up my own um, athletic training facility. And right. I'm making some good way here. Like I... I I don't want to jinx it but uh 2021 might be coming so uh january so we'll, we'll see I, I have more info for everyone but um that's something that I guess you know the positive light uh that's heading in the right direction so I'm really excited about that
2: well that's cool man well I mean what's the what's the most you're comfortable saying like what's what's the status what are you uh you know I must you sound encouraged
1: uh I don't want to say too much because you know I, I you know I, I don't really like to talk about stuff that's not like set in stone yet. So um, it started off as just an idea, something I was really passionate about and is growing into something that is, you know, it can come in, into fruition uh, here shortly. So, you know, we'll, we'll cool, see. Man. But um, Yeah, if I, you know, woo, 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 I don't want to say too much because I don't want to like kind of like it and stuff. Right.
2: No, no, no. It's heading yeah. in the right
1: yeah. direction uh, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it's a perfect segue incredible.
2: because... Speaking of heading in the right direction, 49ers are not doing that. They are going the other way. Um, in case you're tuning in and you have not heard, it didn't get better after the Seahawks lost. We'll just say that. Um, at first, it was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo reaggravating his high ankle sprain. Um, he was injured about uh, two-thirds of the way through the Third quarter um, on a sack, he re-injured his high ankle sprain and he is expected to to miss a good six weeks, um, which there's only eight more games left of the season. So he's expected to miss a good six weeks and even more so than that, uh, tight end George Kittle, who left the game um, towards the end, towards I think it was in the fourth quarter, uh, left the game with a a foot injury and and there was x-rays taken at the game and that didn't reveal anything serious. But then upon closer inspection today, they found a, a slight foot fracture um, that is going to keep him out for at least eight weeks. And like I just said, they only have eight games left of the season. So uh, essentially, George Kittle's season is done. Um, I don't see any reason the 49ers bring him back this year uh, and risk any you know further injury. And then, and, and you can file this in whatever category you want to, uh, but the 49ers also traded a uh, veteran linebacker Quan Alexander to the New Orleans Saints in exchange for linebacker Kiko Alonso and a conditional, conditions yet unknown, um, fifth round pick. So today was, in 49ers land, today was one hell of a day. Uh, you know, this. that's just, <laughs> I don't, there's just so much to unpack here. Uh I don't know where I don't even know where to start. Well, let's just start with Quan Alexander. Um, if you didn't know already and I and I should have already had this open, but Quan Alexander's contract was not the greatest for what the 49ers were getting from him. Um, they've already dang it, they've already taken it off of they've already taken it off of uh, of over the over the cap. Let me uh, let me see if they've got it already got it in New Orleans salary cap. Um doesn't look like it yet. Okay. But anyways, uh, I wish I could go back and see what it looked like before he left, but Quan Alexander, I believe, was um, I believe the 49ers save about 5 million this season by trading him, and then he was on the hook for about 15 million dollars next season. I know that the 49ers are going to have about 6 million dollars in dead money paying off the bonuses that Quan Alexander was still owed by them. Um, but overall, it's still, I think, I think mathematically overall, uh, the 49ers are going to still save around like eight to 9 million next season for a linebacker who struggled to stay on the field um, was off and on, on the field. And, you know, the 49ers have a, a very, very inexpensive yet impressive drag Greenlaw law um, that also, you know, that they can plug in with, with little to no drop off. So, I don't know, Crocker, let's let's start with Alexander. What were your thoughts there? Anything, anything deep?
1: You know, I, it, Quan Alexander to me, and I, I've seen his name, and people, like, there's, like, this, like, negative vibe, I think, from fans because, oh, he missed tackles and stuff like that. But uh, start off on a positive with Quan Alexander. I, I think when he came to the 49ers, he changed the culture of the linebacker. room. Um, you know, obviously there was a young Fred Warner there, uh, we heading into his second year when he got there and, you know, you get there, you have a rookie Drake Greenlaw and he immediately kind of takes over as kind of like that leader. Not, and I don't even think just like the leader of the linebacker room, but just like a vocal leader, just in the locker room in general, you know, he came over, he brought the whole hot boys thing. Um, and and I, I thought when he got there with the energy and tenacity that he played with on every play, Every play he was in, whether he, you know, he might miss a tackle here and there. But, I mean, he just he played like his hair was on fire. I know his hair was, like, red or whatever, but he played like that. And <laughs> and I just thought that his energy and, like, love for the game, like, on the field, like, at least that's what it looked like, I just thought that was infectious. And I thought, you know, and then I saw, like, videos of him. You know, he got Dre Greenlaw in his house working out. And, uh, you know, I see him in Portland uh, working out with uh, Kendrick Bourne. And I think, you know, like just that, like just who he is, I think that'd be missed. Like in the locker room, the vibe that he brought, the swag, the the energy, the, the trash talking. Like I had never heard a 49er player talk as much trash as him and like, you could hear it. Like, and I'm not even talking about just like right now when these games are like, there's no fans in the stands. I'm talking about against the Panthers. And he's telling, hey, <laughs> get your little ass off the field and, you know, like all that stuff. And I was just like, man, like I like watching Fred, uh, I like watching Quan Alexander play. He looks like he's having a great time. So, yeah, man, um, I think you're going to miss that from like a leadership standpoint, a culture changing standpoint. And hopefully the culture has changed now without him. But I think in these, you know, in these dark days, that's kind of going on right now, this would have been a good time to kind of have somebody like him because, you know, you're going to need somebody to keep everybody's spirits up, you know, if we go through some time where it's down and a lot of these young players, some of them aren't really used to losing, you know? So, um, you know, 49ers kind of being the favorites is what a lot of these young dudes like Debo Samuel and Ayuk and some of these guys, that's what they grown to know. So there's going to be a transition in the sex that is going to be without him. And it's going to really suck to see him on on the Saints because I tell you what, him playing next to Demario de Davis that's a lot of energy, a lot of energy, a lot of swagger on the field, a lot of trash talking that's going to be going on. Um, Demario Davis is really one of the most underrated linebackers in the NFL, really, really good linebacker. And pairing him with Quan Alexander, I I can just imagine how he's going to look on the field. So if the 49ers play Saints in a little bit, that's not something I'm excited about seeing.
2: Right. Now, you know, when when the 49ers did – Trade Quan Alexander. He was still on the injury report. Um, I'm assuming you know he was practicing in a limited fashion, so I'm assuming he'll be back sooner than later. And and I think you make some good points there, dude. I think that you know he may have had his his highs and lows on the field, but as far as a personality and a, you know a leader and somebody that can kind of steer the ship, especially through you know. Uh, times like this I, I I agree with what you're saying. I you know, obviously I I do see 100% why the 49ers would part ways with with right. Alexander. You know, the contract that they initially signed him to was was always looked at as, you know, a little heavy, you know, and and you know, once the more time he missed with injury, the more kind of obvious that became and now with the with the salary cap in flux due to all the covid stuff and uh, the 49ers really, really up against the wall when it comes to how much how much money they have invested in players. Uh, it was it, uh, it you know it, it's always tough to talk about it like this because I really look at it from a player's perspective, but they really had no choice, and it, it was always kind of the writing was on the wall. I mean, we had multiple mailbag questions uh, two weeks in a row about whether we thought Quan Alexander would be on the roster uh, come next season, and I don't think ne- neither of us. Thought it would, But, you know, I mean, that still doesn't mean that there's not downsides to losing a player like that. And, you know, now the 49ers, you know, they did get Kiko Alonso back who, you know, from a missed tackles perspective, I know he's a little on the, uh, you know, the better side, but, you know, I don't, I don't know how he's going to fit in. The 49ers obviously wanted to get, uh, you know, someone in return. Uh, Kiko Alonso is scheduled to be a free J agent after the season. I don't know how much money he had left on his deal. I know that it wasn't significant at all. Um, I think he was signed to like a one year, like somewhere in the neighborhood of like $4 million deal. And now, you know, after halfway half of the season's done, uh, he jumps over to the 49ers and and we'll see what kind of, you know, what kind of an, an impact he has, um, on the team. So, you know, it's, it's, it's intense. It's The 49ers are definitely – I think the trade deadline is tomorrow at like 1 Uh, p.m. Our uh, Pacific time. I want to make sure I have that right for you guys. Um, I'm like looking it up right now. Uh, Yeah, it's November 3rd. Um, They don't have the specific time on here. But I'm almost positive it's 1 p.m. our time. So I would not – given the 49ers position, the fact that they just lost – uh, essentially, Jimmy Garoppolo for all of the season, if not most of it. They just lost George Kittle. Uh, I, I would, I would expect the 49ers to explore some other trades. Um, I, and by say trade by trades, I mean not acquiring players, but dealing players away. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not predicting that happens, but I just wouldn't be surprised at all, given the state of the 49ers. You know, barring like this miracle you know, surge from Nick Mullins and a a team that's still just completely devastated by injuries, it seems to me like they would be sellers at the trade deadline. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and break down all the players. I think the 49ers should trade or could trade. Uh, You know, they only have less than 24 hours to do it. But that just seems like something the 49ers might start exploring to free up some cap room and add some draft capital for next season. So I mean, like I said, I, I wouldn't, I'm not telling you to expect something, but it wouldn't surprise me if the 49ers win that route, went that route. It's just they are just so devastated by injuries. And now it becomes I wouldn't say the 49ers are in a full state of rebuild, but they have a lot of work to do. You know, they I'm, are in a
1: state of, of being able to reload, and right. and that's how I look at it. Depending on certain things, and you know, you and I, we want to talk about what do they do, like where do they go from here, right? You have Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle pretty much out for the year. It looks like both of them could possibly come back really late in the year. Uh, maybe if there's a, a I, don't playoff even, run, I don't even
2: think they would bother bother. Maybe I mean, like you just said, maybe if there's something to play for,
1: right? You know, if there's a playoff run, then you know you could see them back, but. And with who the 49ers coaches are, I could see them being in position late to possibly, you know, play for, you know, a chance, you know, to go to the playoffs. So there is a chance that you see them late. Uh, You see the 49ers uh, play Garoppolo and maybe a kiddo late, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. But uh, what, what do they do? You know, you're, you're, you're down your best player on offense, which is George Kittle. You're down your best player on defense, which is Nick Bosa. Uh, you're down a plethora of other guys who pretty much are, you know, your best guys, you know, whether it's Richard Sherman, D Ford. Now Jimmy Garoppolo, you've you been down Raheem Mostert. Um, all these guys who, you know, Debo Samuel, who make up who the 49ers are and they're just not playing. So you talked about kind of just, you no know, selling guys, and try to figure out, you know, who you can move and get what for. Here, here's what I think. The 49ers, like I said, I think they're in a state of reloading, not so much rebuilding. So, you know, I, I'm looking for it, and I don't want to say, like, oh, this season's over, we'll, we'll see what happens. Likely, you know, it's not looking optimistic, but I do think the 49ers still have a hell of a roster. And depending on certain moves that they decide to make, it can free up, a good amount of, of cap room to where you get to retain a lot of the players that are playmakers for your squad. So, you know, we've looked at a long list of, oh, man, you know, this guy is an unrestricted free agent, this guy, this guy, this guy, and all these different things. But, you know, just off of the Quan Alexander move alone, some of these guys you'll be able to bring back, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, Kawan Williams, Jaquisky uh uh, Richard Sherman, uh, you know, a bunch of other guys, right? Like there, there's a bunch of unrestricted free agents. Oh, make, make room for uh, Trent Williams, right? Now, w- w- what I would do and, and kind of what I've seen other teams kind of having a little bit of success with around the league, I wouldn't bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, we've touched on it here where it's not that we feel like he sucks, I just think that he's pretty average, and he's really inconsistent. And when you're as inconsistent as he's been on that type of salary, I think it's not 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 a Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard. You know, you're not replacing them with those type of guys. But if you can get somebody in there that has some good talent, for, you know, ability, and I think there are guys in the draft this year that can be you know, guys like that, that have talent and you can form an offense around them. But if everything around them looks good, we've seen young quarterbacks come in and be able to win games and play well. I'm watching Justin Herbert right now. Justin Herbert is playing extremely well. If the defense was just a little bit better, they, I don't know how many, I mean, they've blown three games where they had like 17 point leads and they end up losing those games, but not so much because of him, because he's putting up a lot of points. He's making plays. And, I just – and he doesn't even have a coordinator like Kyle Shanahan. You draft one of these young guys, you're going to have to trade up for him. You're going to have to trade up. And, I, and I've had people in my mentions. You know, I've mentioned Zach Wilson and stuff. A lot of times I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not joking, but I am. But it's not out of the ordinary – well, it is kind of out of the ordinary. You, you typically don't see teams trade up really far, but we're not too far removed from two teams that were in the divisional round playoffs, Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans both trade up one trades up to 10. The other one trades up to 12 to draft guys who are their franchise quarterbacks. And we see how it's paid off for them. Now, obviously that's kind of striking, striking gold right there. No pun intended uh, with the guys that they, they got, but just in the sense of if there are guys there at the 10 to 12 range, even if you're a playoff team, you can trade up, you can make that jump and do it and, and make that trade to improve your team. Now, you put a guy like that with that type of talent on the 49ers roster and they put money and resources into the rest of the roster. That's that's still a really good football team. And we've seen Kyle Shanahan go to the playoffs with a young RG3, you know, rookie quarterback um, built an offense around him that suited him. And he, he succeeded. He did extremely well and won rookie of the year over somebody like Andrew Luck. Like it's, it's possible, but you know, you bring back Jimmy Garoppolo, and we kind of know where he what he is.
2: He's right. a quarterback That's, that is really on, inconsistent. Hold on, hold on. Let's 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 hit our let's hit our sponsors because you already went too far. Because uh, this this is what uh, I, I have a feeling you and I could probably go back and forth for a while on this uh, in a good way. Let's get it. Let's get our sponsors out of the way. Let's come back and let's talk what we think the 49ers should. I mean, a life moving on with or without Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. So we'll get these sponsors out of the way. We'll come right back and talk about talk about the old Jimmy G. First we've got Indeed. And even though sports had a break, your business did not. You just have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed's here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. Only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed's offering our listeners at Striking Gold a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offers valid through December 31st. As you know, football's back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their seasoning open bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.he. That's BLUEWIRE. It's all one word. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so Croc already got us into the Jimmy G talk, so here we go. Now, you said a lot there, which, you know, for the most part, I agree with all of it. You know, the thing with, with Jimmy Garoppolo is... I don't blame the 49ers for handling any of it how they've handled it, not particularly this season, but just the overall situation. You know, he, they traded for him. You know, the Patriots essentially called and said, hey, I'll give you Jimmy G for a second-round pick. And, and everything, the limited stuff we'd seen from Jimmy G at that point was was solid. They're like, sure, yeah, let's do it. Um, and then he comes in and he plays those five games and was good outstanding even for, you know, for a guy who just stepped into the offense. I mean, the, the, you know, the added boost of, you know, potency for the 49ers on offense with Jimmy G in there was obvious, you know, and then obviously 2018 is kind of a wash because he tore his ACL. Um, 2019 was solid, you know, for the most part. Bad Jimmy was, you know, a little less frequent. You know, he had his bad games. He made his bad throws. But one of the characteristics he kind of showed us over time was that he was he was able to rebound. And you know, over this time there was kind of this underlying expectation that he would improve over time, which is reasonable. You know, somebody especially in a system as complex as Kyle Shanahan's, you know that 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 has been said to have a significant learning curve. It was fair to expect Jimmy Garoppolo to continue to improve over time. The more time he got, the system.
1: Um, real quick, I, I you know, and don't lose your train of thought, but I think that's very key in what you said. Basically, looking at the trajectory of where you think he's going to be, and that heightened that kind of expectations and the excitement for him. Right? It wasn't like oh, people just thought oh, however he was playing at that time, he's just a finished product. The biggest the thing that I have been saying the whole time is man, he played very well. I think he can be even more efficient and consistent for Kyle Shanahan. And a lot of people refer back to 2017 and be like, well, you're not getting that. 2017, he was the same guy. There were good moments. He finished games really good. There were also bad moments, bad throws. It was a lot of the same things that we're seeing now. And that's the biggest thing is we didn't see that consistent growth. We saw Kyle Shanahan scheme, uh, create a scheme that – helped uh, Garoppolo be kind of as good as he could be. And even then, it still was like, well, I think he can be better. And so far this year, we that hasn't been the case. So, sorry, I just had to say that because I thought that was a good point that you, t- you, t- you touched on.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. That's, I mean, that's what we're doing here, man. We're talking about this because it's a lot to unpack because, you know, the 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 outlook, on at least our outlook on Jimmy Garoppolo, changed pretty quickly this season. You know, he I think both of us have done a good job maintaining kind of like a level head level expectations, you know, not overreacting to the good or the bad. Um, But this season, for the most part, has been pretty poor. Now, you know, the one in week one, when Jimmy Garoppolo came out against the Cardinals, he was healthy. You know, he was he was good and he did not look good. That was a bad game. And, And a lot of people obviously reacted to that, which is fine. And then when he came out. In week two uh, against the Jets, he looked outstanding for a half of football. Nothing really kind of what we've seen throughout the season, nothing demanding from a quarterback's perspective, but he looked good. And, you know, I think he scored two touchdowns in that half before getting hurt and then was able to finish the game. And ever since then, it's kind of been a little cloudy as to what you can – what what about this performance has been Jimmy Garoppolo? What about this has been something that we could put on his ankle that obviously hasn't healed? Before he even re-injured, quote-unquote, his ankle against the Seahawks, they were already showing clips of how he was not throwing correctly. He he was still basically hovering his back right ankle because he didn't want to put any pressure on it. And so I, I don't know of what, of all this season, is legit just Jimmy Garoppolo failing to improve or just kind of being handcuffed by his ankle. But either way, it really doesn't matter. You know, like what we saw in week one wasn't great. And what we've seen since has then been inconsistent at best. And it really just, for the most part, we just haven't seen the level of improvement from Jimmy Garoppolo that you would expect from somebody going on. You know, he's been with the team since 2017, uh, he may not have obviously he hasn't played all that time he missed all of 2018 but you know it's a, a a season where they went all the way to the Super Bowl you know he knows there's there's really no reason to expect that he hasn't kind of fully grasped the playbook at this time there just is a certain level of skill that comes with the quarterback position that not everybody has period you know not everybody you don't just get it give everybody five years and they're all great some people just never never get to that point. So I think the 49ers are at a point where, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is slated to make uh, let me look, I got it right here. He's slated to make 26.9 million dollars next year, and if the 49ers move on from Jimmy Garoppolo in his current contract state, they will save 24 of those 26.9 million dollars. So there is a lot of pressure for the 49ers to move on. You know, there's 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 that there's going to be always be that that pressure from that contract. The 49ers working through some of these deals trying to find a way to afford guys like Fred Warner, guys like Trent Williams. While they're trying to find ways to afford them, they're going to know that Jimmy Garoppolo's 24.1 million is just sitting there. So, if they're not sold on him, I just can't. I cannot see them just sticking with it if they're with that amount of of money and sacrificing other players. Basically, you know, because they want to stick. You know, what, you know what I mean. It's just if if they're not sold on him, I just can't see them holding on to that. Like you know that with that amount of money to pay Jimmy Garoppolo, when you know who knows maybe we see. Nick Mullins closed out the rest of the season, and the drop off as far as the offense is not that steep. Right. You know, it's like, just, well, you
1: know, you're going to get your ups and downs with Mullins. You know, typically, he's not going to be someone that can just carry the offense, but we've seen similar ups and downs from Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that is that right. kind of what you're saying?
2: Right. Yeah. Like, like, if Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't done anything, okay, I'll just put it this way he hasn't set the bar very high. This season, you know, like a Nick Mullins could come in and if Nick Mullins has his good games and Nick Mullins has his bad games, then you're essentially giving what Jimmy Garoppolo has already given us. So, you know, there's there's just there's just not a whole lot of incentive for the 49ers to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo at that contract number. Now.
1: Also, real quick, I I do want to say that Jimmy Garoppolo does play at. A winning enough level, more times than not, and that's why you see the really good record, um, with him. Like, I know people say, well, oh, the 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 quarter, the the winning, the wins don't always go to quarterback, but I do think the quarterback definitely helps, right? Like, you know, the quarterback definitely helps. I think Jimmy Garoppolo does help you win. He's just typically not the reason more times than not. There have been scenarios where cardinals last year you know he was pretty much the reason uh Saints last year he was he was pretty much the reason but outside of those like you know a couple games and maybe a couple other ones i think uh he really helped them down the stretch in some of the games complete key passes especially in that um in 2017 he doesn't really do anything that jumps out to where you're like man like no other quarterback can do that you know what i'm saying like uh, when i look at it i end up looking at it like you know, if you get a quarterback in there that at the very least just understands what Kyle Shanahan wants, he, he can do that if he has just enough talent. And um, so that that's kind of – I don't want to go too far because I, I do want to get into kind of the draft and kind of my thoughts on that, but um, go ahead.
2: Well, I mean, it's just – to me, it's it's just a matter of, of what the 49ers feel like Jimmy Garoppolo can become. And if they feel like he's not capable of becoming the quarterback they thought he was going to become when they gave him that contract, then there's really no choice. Like, yes, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is, without question, the best quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has had in his offense since he got to the 49ers. To me, there's there's no question in regards to that whatsoever. But is he good enough to continue paying him million dollars a year while you're up against the salary cap do you and and and, you know like i said there's also a certain level of expectation there and if you are not sure what you're going to get on a weekly basis and if kyle shanahan is watching this film and guys are open that they've talked about throughout the week and and you know uh, jimmy garoppolo is failing to see the field and and it's just it's just a simple simple matter of positives and negatives, you know, and if if Jimmy Garoppolo is not providing this team with enough positives to justify his salary and his place on this team, then they have to move on and hope they can find it elsewhere. You know, it's, it's, it's just a matter of that. You don't just continue paying a guy. I don't know what it is now. Top 10, top 12 salary when he's not performing at a top 10, top 12 level.
1: Before the season, Chris Sims had him at what QB 23, and at the moment, it's not looking like he's wrong, right? I know a lot of 49 fans made a big uh, fuss about it. I remember thinking, like, 23, man, that's kind of low. And some of the guys he, you know, you had they had above him, um, you can kind of argue one way or another, but it wasn't too far off, you know? Like, now, that like, you kind of see how things play off, and you kind of know who, we really know who he is now. That's what I think. And I did have somebody in my DMs, and I'll have to respond to him. But he did ask, like, can you really, like, you know, this year has been banged up. You know, like, can you really properly judge Jimmy Garoppolo? And my answer is, and I have, I have to respond to him, but yes. I think I've seen enough of Garoppolo to know who he is. And I do think he's a top 20, like 20 quarterback. But he's not that, you know, top 8 to 12 quarterback that I thought he was heading into the season. I, I just don't think he's that. I've seen enough to where I know now, he, what we've seen is, is who he is.
2: Right. And it, and it was, and, and like I said, I think you and I were both pretty even on what we, what we felt about him, you know, never or there was never any sort of an argument about, you know, top five quarterback, obviously not, you know, it was, it was always like an eight to 12 somewhere in there is kind of where we thought his trajectory had him going and kind of some of the games he played. And then, you know, from, from kind of looking at how the season closed out last year to, how the season has gone this year. He's just he's just not playing at a level that you would require from a quarterback who's getting paid his amount of money. He just isn't. Now, the one thing that I would say, and this kind of segues us into what you mentioned with the draft and stuff, is Jimmy Garoppolo tradable? Can the 49ers get a significant amount of draft capital for Jimmy Garoppolo's contract? Which, like we were saying, for a team like the 49ers, who are backed up against the salary cap, $26.9 million may seem not doable to them. But there are still, I believe, a, a quite a few teams out there that would be perfectly willing to take on Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. Because let's say that the 49ers cut Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of last season, or excuse me, at the end of, of this season, just outright release him. I don't I think that he would get re signed by another team for an amount that was not that far off than what he's making right now when you when you just take on the current quarterback right. market. Well so probably mean,
1: like in the like twenty two million dollars a year range.
2: Right. And and that is and and that is after you've had to bid for his services and compete against other teams to kind of win him over and bring him in if if you even succeed at that. I mean, obviously, this is not any, any way a player comparison, but Patrick Mahomes is making forty-five million dollars a year. The Cowboys, if they re-sign Dak, he's expected to make right around forty million dollars a year. These are obviously very good quarterbacks, um, but and Jimmy then you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's twenty-six million. You're like, holy shit, that what a steal, you know? Now, I'm not I'm not saying he's anywhere near the stratosphere of those players, but in terms of the quarterback market, paying a quarterback who has who is established himself in the league, has gone to the Super Bowl. um, you know, and obviously opinions of him could vary wildly around the league. Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers are not, you know, they're not going to make a team go, no, hell no. You know, they, they just won't because they're not that high. So, I mean, what do you think Crock? Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo would have a, a decent trade market at the, at the end of the season?
1: I think there will be some teams that are definitely interested in them. Right. Um, And I I know the obvious team to kind of mention is probably the New England Patriots. Could McDaniels and the hoodie say, you know what, we'll we'll take them back because, you know, we feel like we can do this and that with them. That's one thing, man. Coordinators are – they have egos. I hear all the time, Kyle Shanahan, his ego, his ego. That's every coordinator. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh Every coordinator feels like they can get the best out of a player they feel like they can get, you know, you know what? I can, I can, I can do some things with this guy and that's going to help us win. Just like, you know, Patriots taking on Cam Newton and and it hasn't worked. But I think if you get Jimmy Garoppolo over there, I feel like McDaniels would, would be able to run what he wants to run and think that he can maybe even get a little bit more out of Garoppolo than Kyle did. At the very least, especially if you're not paying him a ton of money like, the, you know, what the rest of the quarterback market is, you have a very competent starter. And as the Patriots kind of go through this whole change, I, I think that would be something that they're definitely interested in. What, what, what do you think about uh, the Patriots as a potential kind of landing spot if they do decide to kind of – if the 49ers decide to go, you know, in a different direction? What
2: if What if Bill Belichick – let's say you were John Lynch and Bill Belichick called you – after the season and say, hey, we will give you – we'll give you another – we'll give you a second-round pick right back for Jimmy Garoppolo. Would you take it?
1: 100% without a doubt.
2: Yeah, I think I would, would take too. a third if
1: he offered. I would take a third because I think his – the the unknown, there's not so much unknown with him now, right? We, we know who he is. Whether you think that's really good or not, we know who he is. And it's definitely, at the very least, very serviceable. Like right? You can win with him. So – what, what is that worth to a team? I, I think that's worth a good amount. Now, on top of that, knowing that, hey, we can't win with this guy, his contract that you're taking on, like you said, for a team that has more salary cap kind of space is not bad. You know, having to take on his 24 or $26 million, whatever it is, having to take that on, like, for a, a competent starter, I mean, who is it? Was it uh, Glennon? They got paid like 20 million a year just a few years ago or whatever. Like, you know, it's not it's not a whole lot of money that he's set to make in comparison to other guys around the league that are starting quarterbacks. So
2: he's the right now he's the thirteenth highest paid quarterback. Right. And he's right in front of Matthew Stafford, right behind Jacoby Brissett, a couple spots behind Tannehill, a few spots behind Matt Ryan, you know. Uh, and it's just and, and, and that's
1: in a growing that's in a growing market. So after this year, right now he's the thirteenth highest paid quarterback, but there are likely gonna be another one or two or three guys that get signed to you know even more money. And next thing you know, you'll be looking at him and he'll be the fifteenth or sixteenth, which is middle of the road. And at that point, that's really good value for a Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: Right. Yeah, it's and and, and I do think I think there will be a lot of teams. Um, or let's just say a lot of quarterback needy teams that will look at this season and say, look, the 49ers were just trying to play him on a pretty severely damaged ankle. And they're going to, you know, teams can talk themselves into anything. You know, they're going to look at a quarterback who came off a Super Bowl and almost won it. They're going to look at a quarterback who was playing most of of the 2020 season with a high ankle sprain and then re-injured it. And they're going to see a guy who they feel like at the end of the offseason, or excuse me, at the end of the season, when he is, is healthy, they're going to say, okay, I think this guy can come out. Our offense isn't nearly as complicated as Kyle Shanahan's. I think if we bring this guy in, uh, we can win with him and he and we can succeed. And, and you know, I just think there's going to be quite a few teams that are capable of telling themselves that. And I'm not even necessarily going to say they're wrong. You know, they might be able to get, get more out of Jimmy Garoppolo because he certainly has – plenty of talent and it's not I'm not like super down on him whatsoever I just think the 49ers are at a point where it makes more sense to move on than to stick it out but you know I, I just don't think the 49ers are going to have that much of a problem moving Jimmy Garoppolo if that's what they choose to do I could also see the, see the 49ers um, maybe looking into restructuring his contract trying to keep him around naming him the starter for now and then Making a move for a quarterback, kind of like the how the Chiefs handled Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, you know, because that that time there, if you can give your rookie, even if he's a first round rookie, even if he's the top half of the first round rookie, I don't care. If you can give that rookie quarterback just time to sit there and learn and listen and watch another guy run the offense and watch him make mistakes, watch him make good plays, that is like invaluable you know, for for a rookie quarterback, even if he's taken super high. So, you know, there's also a chance the 49ers try to do that. Seems a bit more unrealistic, you know. Doesn't really seem like they, they would be able to get Garoppolo's contract down to a point where they would be willing to keep him. Um, and, and I'm just – we're just spitballing right now. The 49ers might still scoff at the idea of moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. But there's been some things, you know, you, there's been some things that – would just kind of give you the idea that maybe they're they might be ready. You yeah. know, I know you're you were talking about how Kyle Shanahan kind of kind of said, well, I mean, or you know, actually that was that was not you, that was Evan. He he mentioned how in the Kyle Shanahan's press conference he said he's like, you know, somebody asked about Jim Garoppolo's ankle and, and Shanahan was like, well you're gonna have to ask Jimmy. You know, <laughs> like stuff yeah. like that. And and you know you've got receivers who are becoming upset at the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is just not seeing him. Now I'm not I'm the last person to overreact to that because plays are very complex and we don't know what they're made up of, but there's just, there's some writing on the wall, you know, there's writing on the wall. So obviously, you know, another scenario is the 49ers just release in part ways and, and look to the draft. So, I mean, you mentioned that already, Crocker, what's your, what are your thoughts on, on what's of your, I mean, service level thoughts on what's available.
1: Shoot. I mean, I think realistically, like, if you're just looking at it realistically, depending on what the 49ers are. Now, choose it. I just, I think the coaching staff is good enough to where I think the 49ers are probably be around 8-8. Eight eight. Um, I think even with Mullins, I could see the 49ers winning about four more games. There is a tough stretch coming up, but then after that, I mean, obviously, if you're missing all your best players, every game is tough. But when you look at their schedule after the next few weeks, it gets a little bit more, like, kind of winnable games. So... I look at that and I just think, ah, eight and eight. This is probably an eight and 18. Um, that means you're middle of the pack and you'll probably be picking anywhere between like 15 and 18, like kind of in that range. Uh, so you, you, you're looking now to kind of, okay, probably have to trade up? You got to spend some draft capital to move up. Depending on how high you want to move up, uh, you get, you know, obviously a more talented quarterback. So, who who do I think? I think Trevor Lawrence is gone. Like I wouldn't even oh, think anything. Yeah. Now after that, it starts to get like you know what what are a teams' flavors. Now I, I don't know you know once the draft uh, uh, the whole process starts, you know that you might start seeing guys shoot up boards or kind of go down. We do know who's kind of getting hyped right now, but you kind of never know how it's gonna play out. I will say this: I I feel strongly that that uh, Fields will probably be the second quarterback gone. And I think he, you know, he's a top five guy. Now, after him, there are three guys. And I think that the 49ers will have a shot at one of the three at some capacity. There's Trey Lance, who I think might have some of the most talent in this class. He has a big arm. He might be maybe the most athletic. Um, he's really good for North Dakota State. He can move. You can, you can, you know, when I think about like, you know, forming a, a game plan around him, I feel like that's that's really easy. Played under played under center a lot. Um, play action passes, throwing those kind of NFL passes that Kyle Shanahan likes to see. Um he made some of those. I think he's kind of being forgotten because he played one game and it wasn't that great this year. And now everybody's kind of like talking like he's not that good, but he is really good. And I think he's probably, if I had to bet, I'd say he's probably the third quarterback. Now, after that, you have Zach Wilson, who everybody loves. You know, he's obviously getting all the hype right now. But one thing about Zach Wilson, as well as he's playing, he is making some big-time throws. So I guess no matter who the competition is, a throw is a throw. And he's been, like, really dropping some in there. They haven't played against great competition. But from what someone from BYU told me, they said, when he played against better competition last year, he was not good. I see those games, so I don't want to speak too much on them. I can go off of what I see now, and I see someone with all the tools. Moves extremely well. can make plays with his legs. Um, you can do different things with him, even some read option type stuff. Has a really good deep ball. Not afraid of the moment in the sense of, you know, fitting passes into tight windows. Um, he does all those things. Kind of has a little bit of homes to him. Not saying he has that type of arm strength, but just from a sense of kind of his, I don't want to say arm angle. I think that's kind of overused. But just his ability, to kind of make plays off script. And then there's the guy who I think is probably the most Kyle Shanahan type quarterback, and that's Mac Jones. Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama. Um, he's not as mobile as any of the other guys. Definitely can't move as well. When I watched him, he kind of reminded me of Matt Ryan, but like kind of Matt Ryan now, where we saw Matt Ryan on Thursday Night Football run for a touchdown. But typically, more times than not, he's not going to give you that, right? It was like a 15-yard touchdown he ran in for. That kind of reminds me of Mac Jones, where Jones, he's typically not going to be looking to beat you with his legs at all. He's not really going to look to move around a a ton in the pocket. He moves just enough. I think his pocket awareness is really good. He always keeps his eyes upfield, and he's willing to deliver a strike while taking a hit. And I think that's something that Kyle Shanahan will really like. He makes all the throws, whether it's over the middle, on the outside, he might have the best deep ball in this entire class. Like he throws a beautiful deep ball. Uh, He's not the sexiest guy when it comes to some of these, you know, prospects and and the big names and things like that, or, you know, with flashing running skills. But I think when you look at the 49ers and you're looking at, all right, who's going to kind of be there where you don't have to give a ton of draft capital to, to move up, um, who can step in if there's no Jimmy Garoppolo and play at a high level? Or I don't want to say at a high level, but at a level to where the 49ers are extremely competitive and possibly competing for a playoff spot, I think it's Mac Jones. Um, as far as who can kind of be, you know, ready in that area. Uh, I There's a lot to really like. I think when I f- first said to Twitter that he was a college hand type guy, and I've seen other people kind of echo that same sentiment now. But when I first said it, people were like, oh, no, like you think of Nick Mullins. This is not Nick Mullins. This is not C.J. Bethany. This is closer to a Matt Ryan. And um, that's somebody who, if I had to bet money on like the odds of who the 49ers is going to get, it would probably be him.
2: It's good so, stuff, man.
1: Oh, re- oh real quick. Um, the reason why I'm not as like, oh, man, you know, quarterback, you know, the the quarterbacks now, they're younger, they're playing, and a lot of them are really competitive and even winning games. Uh, Even a guy like uh, uh, Joe Burrow, who obviously number one overall pick, um, but, I mean, the Bengals, they depend on him to do everything. It's not like that in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Kyle Shanahan can kind of take a lot off of a rookie quarterback's plate. Hell, he takes a lot off of Jimmy Garoppolo's plate. So he can he can do things to where he kind of – I don't want to use the word eases a rookie quarterback along, but he definitely can do things to where he uses that quarterback skill set and do things to where the 49ers are still uh, functioning at a really good level as far as that quarterback is, you know, talented, which the guys I've talked about, um, they all are. But, we, you know, we see the Joe Burrow playing extremely well, even though it's not, you know, resulting in wins all the time. They did just win a, a game. They beat the Tennessee Titans. With Joe Burrow, man, and if you watch that game, man, he had to do everything. Um, also, you see, uh, I don't even want to say Tua because I don't. That wasn't. He probably get a lot of love for that win, but I mean, he threw for like ninety yards, and they had like three defensive touchdowns, like a punt return for a touchdown. But you see, Joe uh, Herbert, uh, Joe Herbert, Herbert, Justin Herbert, um, playing extremely well for uh, the Chargers. You know, big time guy, not scared of. To make all the throws. I just think you can come in now and you can play at a good level and, and win games, especially if you have a good roster around you and a good offensive coordinator. And I think that's what any quarterback that's a rookie coming in with talent, they'll be walking into that type of situation with the 49ers. Yeah,
2: that's well said, man. That's well said. I mean, I don't want to, I don't have nearly as much information and evaluation to add to that as you do. Um, I do think at the very least, guys, what I would say is let's say you're sitting behind, you know, you're sitting wherever you're sitting listening to this podcast right now and you're kind of rolling your eyes at the ideas of, of, of talking quarterbacks. Well, look, it, it's going to be a long season. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out for a- almost all of it, if not all of it. And you're going to hear this a lot, whether it's from us, other podcasts or NFL media, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback future with the 49ers and, and every other option that's available to them is going to be talked about ad nauseum for the next, you know, however long, six months, however long it is before the draft. So you're just going to have to, uh, you know, at least consider the idea that the 49ers may move on. You should be interested in the options. You should, you know, and they might not even revolve around the draft. Maybe the 49ers feel like their options are, are pulling another team, another a quarterback away from another team, in the league you know they they could always go that route too so i mean we're going to have a lot of conversations about jimmy garoppolo his future with the 49ers and quarterbacks around the, the league that could take his place because the 49ers have a very very talented roster and they're gonna you know the sooner they can get someone in that spot that comes in and makes waves the sooner and the further they can go when it comes to uh you know back into the playoffs and and just having a bright future ahead of them so and like I said earlier, that future could still be Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't know what the team's thinking. We don't know their opinion of him and, and the plans they have. Um, we're just kind of you know, I guess it's a little bit of a writing on the wall thing, and and just kind of like, I, you know reading the room, I guess, um, because obviously everybody knows what we've seen. But I just I want I want everybody listening to just kind of try and get to our headspace in the fact that I would I would be confident in saying that Crocker and I are willing to explore and accept. Any option that's on the table, if the 49ers come out and say, no, 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 we, we, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was fighting through that injury, he was struggling, we believe that he is still our guy, then then let's go, you know, let's let's see Jimmy Garoppolo bring himself back up from the dead, but, you know, I, I just, I feel like just given what we see on Twitter a lot, everybody could relax a little bit and just, one, enjoy the rest of the season for what it is um, and, and what we're going to see and then just embrace whatever could happen in the future because we don't know what it's going to be. You know, I, I it's it's one thing to be a fan, but it, to me it gets a little weird when you start having a stake in the game where there's only one option that would please you and everything else is stupid. You know, I, I don't really necessarily understand when people get like that. Like there are, you know, 10 different things that could happen with the 49ers quarterback position between now, the draft, and next season. So whatever that happens, just – be ready for it, I guess. Embrace it. It is what it is. Let's see what becomes of it. You know, have a little, have a little, you know, bring a little excitement out of it. It's just, I, I see so many people that seem like they make their experience as a fan like more miserable than it has to be because yeah. you get so entrenched in like this one idea or this one player or or whatever it is that that if if for some reason your scenario doesn't work out, then you just become upset. And I feel like, you could have more fun with it than that. That's just my opinion. You know, I feel no, like.
1: I, I, ahead, I agree. Ahead. And, you know, obviously I've seen a lot of it on, you know, social media as well. Um, even with all this that we're talking about right now, like, you know, it sucks to be as banged up as a 49ers are. I think I saw something that now like over like $80 million in IR money and, you know, just all these injuries and stuff. But, you know, tough year, man. 49ers have been battling through injuries the entire time. I think, uh, you know, from here is just, all right, what do 49ers have to do to get back to the Super Bowl? And obviously, you know, when you missing all your best players, it's a little tough uh, to do so um, this year. But, I mean, even looking forward to next year, like, it's not, like, the, the most terrible thing in the world, especially considering how the 49ers can really address things. And, like I said, not rebuild, but reload and really open – that or extend that kind of Super Bowl window, right? Four are just in the Super Bowl. And that's why when people get mad that you didn't win, yeah, obviously you want to see the Fortnites win, but you want to see a competitive team. So even in runs like that, where, you know, yeah, Fortnites go to the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, they don't win, I still kind of cherish those type of moments because you can have moments like this year where it was just like, we're already looking to, towards the, the offseason. So, right. um, you what know? well, was
2: the conversation that we at least needed to have right now given yeah. what just happened to Jimmy Garoppolo. It doesn't mean that's all we're going to talk about for the rest of the season like what? through this season.
1: What so for the rest of this season though. What do you what are you looking for?
2: I think that's a good question. Um I think it's just important to kind of put guys in a position to display their skills and to 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 kind of uh, you know, show what they got, and 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 you know, I'm not saying lose games on purpose, but I'm saying let, let Nick Bowen s- sling the football so that Brandon I you, Deebo Samuel can do the damn thing. And you know, if if you've got, you know, if you think there might be a t- future for like Tavarius Moore or Marcel Harris, try and find a way to get them in there and rotate them in, and 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 you don't, what you don't want to do is just start pulling starters for the sake of pulling starters because those guys have worked their ass off. They deserve that job. It's theirs. But, I mean, the 49ers need to find a way to where they can let these guys just show what they can do. Like like you said about Joe Burrow, Like the, the, the Bengals aren't necessarily winning games. I mean, they just won a huge one. But you're still seeing amazing things from Joe Burrow, from T. Higgins. You know, that guy looks like he's everything they wanted him to be. You know, and, and some of the other rookie receivers around the NFL are looking good. Just put them in a position to succeed, and even if that means allowing them to fail a little bit, I just don't want to see, you know, kind of, for a while there, you know, we got the impression that the 49ers were protecting Garoppolo and and trying to just conjure up an offense that worked for him and his state. I want to see the 49ers just let it roll. You know, I don't necessarily, at this point right now, I don't necessarily know what that means, but I just want to be able to see, these players be put in positions to showcase their talents and what they can offer the team next year. And, and it'll just give the entire organization a clearer picture of what they need heading into the off season. That's, that's kind of like my, my first, first shot at answering that question. What do I mean? Yeah, what nah, do you want to
1: see? Yeah, That's right. Like you said, just kind of like, who's going to be here next year, like moving forward. Um, you know, does this, does, you know, playing war uh, uh Harris and and uh, more make you know guys like Tart more expendable, right? Like when you look at it from a standpoint of do we bring back Tart, you know, or do you let him walk? Um, you know, just things like that where you know you kind of want these um questions to be answered and you don't want them to be things to where it's like ah, we don't know. It was up and down. You want clear cut pictures, you know, Brandon you what is he gonna be? Right? Can you put a little bit more on his plate over these next eight games? Can you make him the the lead guy? You know? Can you? Is he going to be the guy that you know gets a bulk of the targets to where now when you head into your your you know two thousand twenty one season or off season, you know we have a number one receiver. We have a guy we can count on throw the ball to him because there is no George Kittle to help. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, you know <laughs> You know, Debo is, you know, iffy here and there, you know, his injuries and stuff like that. But, you know, do we bring back Kendrick Bourne as, you know, a fourth option, you know, just because he's good in that role? Um, There's going to be a lot of things that I I just want to see the answer to these. um, You know, is is uh, Jason Verrett going to be a long term solution? What do you do with Emmanuel Mosley? I think he's a restricted free agent. But, you know, I just want those kind of answers, uh, questions answered. And I don't expect it to just be pretty offensively. I am assuming, like, we you know, we talked about, it. I don't think the 49ers are going to win a whole bunch of more games than they'll go 4-4 four and four down, down the stretch. And if so, I think that's a that's a win for a lot of the young guys that are playing because, you know, you're missing so many of your guys. You know, you're missing so many of
2: them. Well, and I think that's, you know, if, if, you, if you pull that up, you know, the 49ers who – and you just have to keep this in mind throughout the rest of the season, and, and it does provide a good window to to see where guys at. But right now, on offense, the 49ers are without Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson, Weston Richburg, Ben Garland, Jordan Reed, Jalen Hurd, and Tavon Austin, who was released off of his uh, off the roster recently on an injury settlement. And then on defense, you don't have. Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, D. Ford, Mark Nzacho, Richard Sherman, uh, currently Jaquisky Tart, Ronald Blair, Julian Taylor, and Ezekiel Anta, who no one remembers that they signed. So it's they're just this team is it's it's a good team. They're just in a really, really shitty situation right now. And it's not gonna take a whole lot of splash plays, splash moves to To get this team in a position where they could succeed next season. But there are going to be a few crucial decisions that the team's going to have to make that that will just drastically alter, you know, that, that kind of, like, trajectory. You know, and one of them is obviously a quarterback. You know, that changes everything. It's it's just, I, you know, I don't necessarily have a prediction or, or where I think they're going to go. But obviously the team is just – they just – there isn't a team in this league that has, has – that has had worse injury look than the 49ers this year. And, um, you know, it's just now – it's just adding one more difficulty to a plate. Let's say even if if everybody stayed healthy and they were doing well, they still were coming up against so many free agent contracts at the end of the season that it would still be complicated once the season ends. So, I mean, it's just all over the place. It's all over the place. There's so many things to consider and talk about right now. And, uh, and and the rest of this season, like I said, it's just to me about seeing what guys can do, you know, tell tell Brandon Ayoub to run a go route and throw the ball up to him and see what crazy shit he comes up with. Right. Um, you know, that's kind of just and, and that obviously. Well, you know, that's the same same type of, you know, give J. Michael Hasty 20 carries, see what he does. You know, I just, just this stuff like that, that that the 49ers need to just get a, a very clear picture of their roster because they're gonna have a lot of tough decisions heading into the offseason. But that's all I got, man.
1: That's all I got, too.
2: Okay. Good stuff. You know, we're gonna be all over the place. Obviously, we're gonna get we're gonna still be breaking down every game on a weekly basis, talking about our winners, talking yeah, about this our This won't
1: be the yeah, this won't be the conversation every week or every episode where it's like, damn. Here they go again, talking about the offseason. You know, the, the, the George Kittle thing and Jimmy Garoppolo thing happened today, and it just kind of sparked the conversation. Um From here on out, I'm sure we'll be just kind of assessing the actual games and what's going on, you know, with the 49ers. Right. Not yeah, so much just off uh, offseason type stuff.
2: When we hopped on here, I did feel like we were just going to have a conversation. You know, that's that was my plan today, is let's just have a conversation about the 49ers and – and and where things could go from here. That was my objective when I hopped on. I didn't really take many notes. Uh, I didn't try and, you know, script it to any regard. I just wanted to – I was like, let's just hop on here and let's just talk about, about the Niners and, and, and where they're at right now and where things can go. But um, hopefully that wasn't too much of a – I mean, I wouldn't even say a downer. Whatever you guys – like I said, whatever your guys' thoughts are, try not to let them overcome you to a point of where you can't even enjoy talking about different scenarios within the 49ers. But – I mean, that's all we got today. That's all we got today. I appreciate you guys for being here, for listening, for tuning into Striking Gold, making what it is. Eric Crocker and I are creeping up on episode number 100 since we jumped on here. So we'll have to figure something out, out for that because that's pretty cool. But um, we will be back on here. We- uh, we'll be on here Wednesday. You guys will hear from us. Thursday morning, Uh, we'll preview the Packers game and kind of what we expect from that. Obviously, it's a lot different. If you had asked us a week ago about it, our take now is going to be a lot different. So uh, we'll be back on here Wednesday morning. You guys, or excuse me, Wednesday evening. You guys will hear from us on Thursday morning and and we'll preview the Packers game and what's going on down there. But for, uh, for another day, this is Striking Gold signing out.
1: Stay faithful. Peace.